I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0, coming to you from my new studio. Not quite finished. We're getting there. Going to make it even better than the prior studio. I, I love equipment. Played in bands growing up, drummer. And when you're a drummer, you get to usually have the band practices at your house. And so, like, the PA system's there, the microphones, the keyboardist often leaves his stuff. So I grew up just loving having all that equipment at my house, then playing in bands in college. And now, yes, my own studio, doing this podcast, and I got some electronic drums in here. Fun stuff, but time for just another awesome study that, that plays into everything I talk about so frequently. Sure, workouts, benefits of exercise that go far beyond weight loss and so much more. And, and it's so important that I hammer this point home over and over and over again. Because people think that if the scale doesn't move, if what they see in the mirror doesn't change, that their workouts don't matter. That they're not having an effect. And of course, we want both of those things to happen. Oftentimes, the weight to go down and to look better in the mirror. And those things will happen if you do what I say here as far as consistency and and the strength training and the cardio and the, the healthy eating and not doing much of one thing but a lot of everything, excessive moderation. But this is just an amazing study on six minutes of exercise and it's actually intervals, six intervals, but that took place in six minutes. And they're just exciting benefit to the brain, not to the body, to the brain. And that's why every single time you exercise, go for a walk, get on the treadmill, get on your elliptical, your rower, whatever, you know, your favorite form of cardio is, regardless of how long, this is what I love too, like how much science do I have to bring you before you believe that minutes matter? It's on the back of my book, The Micro Workout Plan. Minutes matter in huge letters because it's true. And because so many people don't exercise because they don't have an hour or the thought of doing an hour. Most of us have an hour. You just get up earlier, but you don't have to. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to do an hour. You can split it up throughout the day and you should. I still enjoy going into the gym and I generally stay. Yes, for an hour. Why? Why? Because that's what we've always done. But I also walk my dogs twice a day. In the woods oftentimes. Well, it's once in the woods and then once uh, on the roads, generally speaking. And those workouts matter too, enormously. Most people go, it's not a workout. Walking is, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Depending on what your goals are and your fitness level. And if you do it consistently. Okay, so this is just another another brick in that wall I am building for you about the benefits of exercise. You know, there was a discussion last night, political, 
I'm never political here. I'm just not a political person. Uh, I don't even want to say the word political on this show. But there was a lot of talk about prescription drugs and no talk about exercise. No talk about healthy eating. And we need that so much more. So much more than being reactive. We need to be proactive. And that's my life's work, is bringing you all of this great news. Just more great news. That's what today's show is. More great news. All right? January 2023, Journal of Physiology, a small study, small, 12 participants, six men, six women. So super small, not by fitness standards, but small, (laughs) all right? And they were looking at the influence of exercise and fasting on something known as BDNF production, okay? And they're looking in humans, Six men and six women, not mice, humans. They've done a lot of studies on this, uh, BDNF with mice, but we're always trying to take it to humans, obviously. And so uh, what is BDNF? I say, I have no idea what that means. Again, got to keep it pretty simple here, but it stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Brain-derived neurotrophic factor, okay? It's a protein. It's a protein And it promotes the brain's ability to form new connections and pathways. It's a good thing. We want that. Okay? It also helps your neurons survive. That sounds good, right? And it also appears to reduce the risk of numerous age-related neurological diseases. And they're looking at Parkinson's. They're looking at Alzheimer's. I mean, every time I I do a podcast like this, it makes me more excited. It gets me more excited to do the exercise, to control what I can and say, you know what? Maybe this is not only making me feel good, but it's going to help my brain. It's going to do so many things. And yeah, if I do it long enough and I want to, I'm going to lose some weight. And if I strength train, I'm going to build some muscle. But these great things that no one really has any idea about, BDNF. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. And back to the mice, animal studies have shown that when we increase this BDNF, it boosts our cognitive performance. And that goes for reasoning, thinking, remembering. It's really good for the brain. Brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So how do we get this? Well, this study was looking, it's an interesting study, and I'm just going to focus on the exercise, but it was actually looking at both exercise and fasting, right? And it's going to make sense in a second. So it's looking at fasting and exercise as far as BDNF uh, is concerned and the boosting of BDNF, okay? So they had 12 physically active participants, as I said, six men and six women between the ages of 18 and 56 years old. And they were comparing three groups, essentially. A fasting group, a low-intensity group cycling for 90 minutes, and a group that did six-minute high-intensity cycling. I'm sorry, four groups. And then there was a group that did a combination of fasting and exercise. So they're trying to see in this study uh, whether or not that combination made a difference too. That's kind of a unique take on this type of study with BDNF, okay? What did they find? 
just going to cut to the chase. I'm, I'm tightening these shows up more and more. You know, I started off doing like hour-long, hour-long plus shows. People complained, and then people complained when I short. I'm just I'm trying to tighten up everything. All right? You guys are busy, uh, and I'm just trying to bring you the highlights, the cliff notes. You know, there's other shows. If you want the two hours, and I'll go longer, as I've said, with the guests. That's different. Uh, but let's bring you what you need to know here. All right? So the four groups... Fasting group, low-intensity cycling for 90 minutes, uh, six-minute high-intensity cycling, and then a combination of fasting and exercise. Those six minutes of high-intensity, I just love this. I'm getting excited. I'm getting worked up in a good way. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm not getting annoyed. No, this is a good one. This isn't a bad headline like I've done in the past. Uh, Six 40-second intervals at 100% of VO2 max. A lot of you go, I have no idea what 100% of VO2 max is. Just think 9 to 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. You're going really hard. And for 40 seconds, that's a long time. And you're going to take rests in between. This is high-intensity interval training, people. And this is absolutely showing you that minutes matter. Because guess what? Those who cycled low intensity for 90 minutes didn't have the BDNF effect that those who did six minutes of six hard 40-second intervals. Not to say, by the way, this is where I'm different from most other fitness people who are one or the other. No, you still need those long, low-intensity days. For me, that's the walking with the dogs. Sometimes it's low-intensity on a piece of cardio equipment, but we need both, okay? We need both. And so what did they find? Well, they found, and again, just giving you the highlights here. It's what you need. BDNF increased four to five times more compared to the fasting group, which showed no change in BDNF, or the prolonged activity, which showed a slight increase. Okay, so again, they're looking at how much of this protein um, was increased, the delivery of that uh, protein, from the exercise and from the fasting and from the combination of the two. Low intensity, a little bit. High intensity, four to five times. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. All right, so let me read you one quote from one of the researchers. This is great. Okay, BDNF has shown great promise in animal models, but pharmaceutical interventions have thus far failed to safely harness the protective power of BDNF in humans, said lead study author Travis Gibbons. So I'm reading from a little press release uh, that they put out uh, for this study. Uh, And he is from the University of Otago in New Zealand. Love it. Been to New Zealand four times for the Ironman. Love New Zealand. Uh, We saw the need to explore non-pharmacological approaches that can preserve the brain's capacity which humans can use to naturally increase BDNF to help with healthy aging, Gibbon said. I love it. uh, Non-pharmacological. Non-pharmacological. Not taking drugs. That's a great thing. The control, right? And how many benefits of exercise... Do we have to see before we go, okay, this is a really good thing. And how many times do we have to see that 
the exercise itself has the same, if not better effect on so many things, anxiety, depression, and now BDNF uh, levels. That's awesome. And something I have yet to really dive into is neuroplasticity. And that's a big part of what's going on here. BDNF supposedly fuels neuroplasticity. What is that? So cool. It's the ability to build fresh connections and pathways. As I said earlier, that's a great thing. You know, they used to think that you couldn't do that. That cells, the brain, they were the way they were, and you couldn't really alter them in this way. Yeah, you can, is what this is showing. And so this neuroplasticity also is the ability uh, to help it with the survival of brain cells. And as I said, they've done these experiments on mice, and those studies have showed that, yes, this BDNF encourages the formation and storage of memories, enhances learning, and improves cognitive performance. It's really good for your brain. It's an amazing book. I have, God, I... So many people to interview, so much to talk about. Read this book years ago called Spark. Talks all about this neuroplasticity, cognitive performance, kids exercising before school in uh, Illinois, and like the ridiculously dramatic improvement in performance, like beyond off the charts. Okay, let's bring this all together. Why? Why does this happen? So interesting. And this is why they looked at fasting and exercise. So with fasting, they're looking at ketones, right? If you know fasting, if you know ketosis, if you're on keto, you know that word, ketones. Your brain is forced to use ketones, right? When you go into ketosis. Well, what they're thinking with this exercise is that the brain is forced to use a different fuel source to meet the body's energy demands. And so they're hypothesizing that maybe it's lactate instead of glucose and that that could potentially change the pathways that lead to increased levels of this BDNF. Okay, they're also thinking that maybe the BDNF Increase could be due to uh, an increased number of blood platelets, and these store large amounts of BDNF. And what they're finding is, this study supported, it's more heavily influenced by exercise than fasting. So you got ketones and the brain using it, and that's uh, a reaction that happens when you go into ketosis, right? And then you have lactate, during exercise, we've heard of that, lactic acid is a big, <laughs> fitness people go nuts about using the term lactate or lactic acid. Not going to bother here. Who cares, right? Who cares in, in what you need to know? And this is just an amazing, amazing small study that should give you that much more motivation, yes, to exercise, to do your thing, your thing. You don't have to run if you don't want to run. You don't have to swim if you don't want to swim, like me. <laughs> you can find your thing, walking to start, if that's where you're, you are. 
and you don't have to go long. But we should do it all. So what's the takeaway? Minutes matter, as I said at the beginning. I'm going to give you a quick workout on how to kind of work this in too, by the way. And yet another example, how many times have I said this, right? That the benefits far exceed just the body as far as weight loss and aesthetic appeal. I get it. I was a Wilhelmina model for years. This is, this is an industry where it is about how you look. But be really careful that you're not taking your advice from some 20-year-old who's pretty much done nothing except uh, be blessed with good genetics and a young age <laughs> and hasn't really achieved the body. This is so true for so many of these influencers. They have not achieved their bodies, men and women, by the exercises they tell you to do. But I digress. But this is why. This is why. One of the reasons when you look at people who are really motivated to move, to exercise, to do things that you're not, one of the many reasons is this. Is that they just know how good it is for them. That we do have control. We have control over so much more than you think. And that is so important. We have control. And I want you to remember that and never forget it. Okay. So, what's the takeaway as far as the workout goes? We have hard days and we have easy days. Your hard days are when you have less time, you got a little more aggression, and you do some interval work. Your easier days are when you're like, you know, I don't feel like pushing it, but I want to feel good. I want to get the blood flowing. And that's your longer, lower duration workout. And so here it is. 20-minute workout based on just the basics of this study. And regardless of whatever cardio, you could be a rower, can be running, can be an elliptical, can be a stepper, you name it, okay? Swimming. Five-minute warm-up, super easy. Then you're going to do five minutes hard, and let's throw in 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds easy. And you do that five times. This study did 40 seconds hard. Let's cut it back a little bit. One-to-one ratio, that's not easy. That fifth interval, you're going to push, and it's going to be challenging. And I want eight to 10 on a scale of, you know, one to 10, where 10 is really hard. Okay, 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds easy for five minutes, five intervals, and then five to 10 minute cool down. That's a 15 to 20 minute workout that's going to benefit your brain and benefit your body. <laughs> and you're going to burn calories. So many benefits. All right. All right. Enough. Short. See, so tighten it up. Uh, Tom H. Fit is Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter as well. Love to hear from you. Reach out with any questions, comments, please, please, please. I need more. This is a brand new feed. You know, did 400 plus shows with Fitness Disrupted. Took it over. Fitness Disrupted 2.0. So if you can rate it, follow it, whatever platform you uh, listen to it on. Uh, anything you can do to support the show, greatly appreciated. Rating, subscribing, following, all those kind of things. All right. Teamholland.com is the website or fitnessdisrupted.com. Uh, you can email me through the site. 
And as I've said over and over and will continue to remember, there are three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. All right? I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist, lover of everything fitness. Going to bring you the best information so we can all live our best lives. And now, my guru, Jack Lillane. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you.